that beat. There it is. I knew it was coming. That's my theme song. Are you impressed? Is that you singing? Do you love it? (laughs) That that (laughs) That is is you singing. singing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Who did that theme song, Josh? Uh, Cade Fontenot recorded it, and I uh, sang it, and uh, he made me sound much better than I do in real life. It's good. He did a great job of mixing it, or whatever they do back there. I think it's wizardry. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. My brother does some of that, too. Does he really? He's a musician, or he's a... He's a really good musician, yeah. Yeah, Shannon. No kidding. Shannon Weeks. Shannon Weeks, okay. Justin knows him too. Is he? Does he play locally or? (laughs) Yeah, he uh, plays at Water's Edge. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the Awesome Real Estate Show podcast. I'm your host Joshua Floyd. I'm with uh, Caldwell Banker, Ingles Safari Realty here in Southwest Louisiana, here in this area. I'm joined by my co-hosts, the fabulous and always cool. Justin Martindale. We're here at his studio in the uh, Sale Street Baptist. I don't know. Is this an annex or like? Uh, this is the youth building. Yeah. The youth building. But yeah. it's your studio. Yeah. So. It's my spot. Okay. So we're here at Justin's spot. It's my dungeon. I get to and, uh, <laughs> come in here. Corey, uh, actually his Sunday school class is about three feet from this room. He had no idea this was here. What did you think? You thought this was just a closet or something? Uh, it or? was yeah. just a closet. I mean, uh, I, I assumed as much. I, it's I a never, huge closet, I never though. opened the door. I rearranged these chairs in that room every single Sunday. And no I kidding. never knew that this was here. <laughs> That's awesome. We're bringing people together today, man. That's great. Uh, and this is my guest today, Corey Barron. Good morning, Corey. Thank you for Good joining morning. us. This is a Friday. It's, uh, it's going to be an awesome day. Dude, I woke up stoked about today i literally it's friday so it means that it's podcast day so i was jumping up and down in the living room because i get excited about stuff like this i love coming in here and talking to people and so like i was jumping up and down clapping going it's podcast day it's podcast day and then the realization hit me that it's also parade day because it's mardi gras here in louisiana louisiana what so we got the merchants parade tonight dude and i am so excited because i got awesome stuff that i'm gonna be throwing i put my little uh, logo on a bunch of frisbees. I'll be throwing that out. And yeah, the, I just, missed this parade. Really? I, I threw uh, threw some cups in the last me niece parade, but dude, we got to get you on the next one for sure. You get you can ride with us. Does Toyota usually do one? No, they don't. We do don't. One. We don't have a float float. We, Toyota. We'll just put a truck with some people in it. Nice, dude. <laughs> Wait, that's you're what's go- up. you're gonna be in the parade? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'll be on the the Cobalt Banker float, and I was that's so the excited. Thing I've ever heard. Well, I love it. I really do. It's that's my favorite. Cool. One of my favorite things to do all year, and it's so Louisiana. It's so, like, culturally significant, you know, and I love being a part of it. And it's just a community thing where everybody comes out. Super fun, man. I enjoy it. I was actually, (laughs) I was thinking earlier today, I was driving around. I've got crawfish sacks full of beads in my car. I was like, you do not get any more Louisiana than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Crawfish sacks yeah. full of beads. I love <laughs> I've got, it. I've got Good job. Eat king cake for breakfast, driving around with crawfish sacks full of beads Amen. for a Mardi Gras parade. Yeah, if I was I any to, more Louisiana, I'd be a Nutra rat. I, I had to figure out how to transport a uh, mostly cardboard wagon float across town to the school this morning and of oh, course yeah, you... it, it fell apart the first turn we made so amen <laughs> yeah. I had to pull off and put that half of the float inside the car <laughs> super well made yeah <laughs> yeah double sided tape and hot glue i mean it'll get you far oh, yeah man <laughs> dude you've had a busy day already Corey. you were yeah. telling me about that man like so what are all the things you've done so far today it's only like so, 10 16 yeah i had to get up get my kids ready 
bring one to school. I was thinking I'd do a couple of things and come back home and get ready for work, but kind of just got stuck in the flow of doing all the things, had to pick up the float, the beads, the candy, bring it to the school, and then had a customer sitting at Toyota waiting for me. So I uh, had to show up at work in sweatpants. And, uh, <laughs> nice. So you, <laughs> help, you pulled help dad duty, that. you pulled uh, car salesman duty, yeah. you do your podcast now. It's yeah, like... I had the customer get me uh, to my house in time. I let my wife take my car back to the house to try to get things done in time. And then... <laughs> That's good time management. <laughs> made it, like made it here just, just about on time. We were you were a little late. But we're not going to even talk about that. It's okay. That's not your fault. <laughs> it's all good. No, but um, dude, it's one. You're one of the people around town that like I've always kind of like we've known each other adjacent. You know, I think we'd met in person a couple of maybe twice. Yeah, and then had talked on the phone a lot. We'd started maybe looking at houses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you're one of the people that I've always kind of admired as far as like your drive. You seem like you're very driven. You seem like you're very excited about what you do. Yeah. And Based off of our conversation, uh, where we, I think we had a conversation last time. We were at um, David Swallow's baby shower. Yeah, his baby shower, his, or his diaper shower, because we're dudes. We <laughs> yeah. have diaper showers. But anyway, um, you were telling me like you're also incredibly successful at what you do. So, tell us a little bit about how you got into car sales, and uh, you know what's your day to day like, man. All right, so uh, I actually changed majors in college seven times so uh couldn't really decide what i wanted to do from nursing radiology computer programming you know different things like that yeah then i was like you know what i'm just gonna get a degree and do state police and uh what then some people talked me out of that because i've got bad knees so i decided not to do that either okay so i just finished in general studies and waited tables for a couple more months trying to you know point my compass in the right direction here in Lake Charles you're waiting tables sulfur I was working at Casa Olay for seven years oh wow (laughs) from the time I graduated until I was 25 when I started doing this I I waited tables dude that's awesome I I waited tables for a long time too actually I basically was like you you did too I just loved it waiting tables for me was awesome and I mean you pick if you need extra money you go pick up a shift and you know you have extra cash in your pocket so I mean that that lifestyle was like hard to get away from because I was thinking, oh gosh, when I when I commit to a career career, I'm gonna yeah. like actually have to give up, you know, the flexibility of uh, it's scary, man. Yeah, of plus being you don't bring server. it home. You just you kind of right. there and then yeah. the, you just leave and then you can come back and pick it up. Right. Yeah. You don't have to answer the phone and a- answer questions about chalupas. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's uh, hitting you up for wet burritos. So like what I did was I actually uh, I, gra- I, I, I graduated. <laughs> Graduated from McNeese, waited tables for a few months, mm-hmm. quickly lost my patience because I had a college degree and felt like I needed to be doing something else other than waiting tables. So for sure, customers started getting on my nerves more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Googled it. I was like, what jobs are good for successful servers? And mm-hmm. uh, basically it just, it leans, it leans you towards real estate or car sales, you know, that's sales just in general. Basically yeah. uh, what, what it basically, if you're a good server, you would typically be a good salesperson. Absolutely. So, I was like, all right. So I had a long-standing offer uh, to go work at Dodge. I tried that for a couple months, and it just wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I left and went back to waiting tables for like four or five days. And I got a, a call from a couple different people at Toyota. Told the first one no, and uh, then the other guy calls and says, "Hey, I was heard you might be interested in coming to work at Toyota." And I was like, "I just no. I just told somebody else I wasn't." But uh, and he ended up talking me into it, and. I loved it. I yeah. mean, it was really, I had worked at Billy Navarre, I had worked at Mark Dodge, and I just, you know, didn't really, didn't fit my personality. So right. I went, gave it a shot because the training pay was double. So that, yeah, that was the first step, you know, to get right. me in the door. <laughs> so and, what what was it about the Toyota vibe that fit your personality better? Uh, I mean, when I just went and talked to the people and it was, 
just real people and having the owner like Philip Tarver that's just, you know, he'll be up there in blue jeans and a polo and right. interacting with people. Yeah, yeah. Where Billy Navarre in, back in 2006, you know, he was just more of a high and tight, you know, just suit and tie, h- harder yeah. to talk to yeah, kind yeah. of person. You're mm-hmm. not going to relate to him on a personal level, you know, just it was just a different kind of atmosphere. Business, business, business. Yeah, that's yeah. how it was. And then, so, I mean, you know, no offense to anybody, any other car dealerships. It just for, for me, I just wanted more of a family just, feel. Yeah. Family, yeah. personal, you know, like, it, and it just, I just didn't feel it. And so I, I, that was back in 06. I did that for a very small period of time and went back into waiting tables in college and national guard and all that for like, mm-hmm. so I did a lot of different stuff for seven years before I got back in the car business. Right. And, uh, yeah, when I got, after meeting with the Tarvers and working there and uh, their philosophy of, you know, basically customer first, you know, right. if, if we lose money, but the customer has a good experience, that's preferred. Like, sure. you know, it's not where we're just going to hold gonna... somebody hostage, <laughs> beat them over the head, yeah. not answer their questions and then throw them away dejected, you know, if, if we don't work things out. Like, that's just not the way it works. So I, I, I started working there, sold 34 cars my first two months and I was just like... Huh. Wow. You know, so that this, sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? Yeah. That's, I, guess I don't so. know. What, okay. I think, uh, what's average for I like a new car sales? average is about eight a month. Per month. Whoa. I, I think okay. that's pretty normal. Right but, on. Uh, for so a new salesman it. or just across the board? I think, I think there's across the board nationwide because so many salespeople have so, like, Billy Navarre's ratio yeah. for oh, over there, if they have, say, 50 or 60 salespeople and that dealership sells 500 cars. Right. Yeah. I okay. mean, it, it, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. big, you know, if it just averages out most of the time to less than 10 per person if it's, you know, distributed evenly. Okay. But uh, Toyota's not usually that, it's usually to our benefit. Um, like right now we have 16 salespeople and we sell over 200 cars a month. So. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it gives you a better position to thrive in. Yeah. And uh, because there's just a, a, a decent ratio, you know, and, and I, that always has to be, carefully balanced because you don't want the salespeople to feel bad because there's not enough to go around and you also don't want to have too many customers that can't be taken care of you know so it's a it's one of those things it's just a delicate balance and they do a good job of keeping a a right amount of staff on the floor to where Mm -hmm. you're not uh over you know they call it flooding the floor they don't want you (laughs) overcrowded to be overwhelmed (laughs) yeah well Well, it's the same thing if there's too many servers and the sections are too small nobody makes any money exactly you know that that, that, that was definitely the same way we'd have times with waiting tables where five people would quit at the same time and we're like yes (laughs) six table (laughs) sections for the next few weeks you know (laughs) yeah that's awesome i was a waiter for a long time but i uh after a couple of years i moved to the kitchen and i was a line cook for probably four years did you like that better? You like I, I like being the a line cook. Yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like the closest I was probably ever going to be to being in combat or something. Like, like <laughs> the sure. kind of camaraderie amongst the line. It can get cooks. intense yeah, back there. It's it intense, man. I watched somebody throw a knife at somebody. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Dude, yeah, that's I awesome. I, I don't think like, I ever could have done the kitchen side. <laughs> I, was no. probably, I was probably better at the kitchen, which hence to why my my studio is a dungeon in the bowels <laughs> of a of a of a church where the members don't even know it's here. I was much better suited for working in the back of house. Right, nobody messed with me. <laughs> yeah, I loved the the per, the personal interaction as a waiter. Man, I loved being able to explain the dishes, and uh, I felt like the service aspect of that and getting used to. Um, being outside of myself and like, what is it that you need? What, you know, how can I help you? And how can I help you without you even really knowing that you needed help? You know yeah. what I mean? Like kind of being stealthy about it almost. And that absolutely. I feel like that carries in so much to sales because for me, sales more is about service. Yeah, it transfers. I mean, having a servant's heart in general right. to just want to help people 
obviously, you know, is going to play out well with your customers because, you know, they know if you're trying to make money and push them towards something that benefits you, sure, that's obvious. So, I mean, yeah. when you can answer their questions and not put pressure on them, I mean, in, in your business and in mine, I mean, when you're selling a house right. and you can just let them look at all the houses they want to look at and answer all the questions and kind of guide them towards, okay, you may think you want this, but, you know, based on flood yeah. zones or school zones or any of those type of things, you know, you can kind of guide them in the right direction. And, and Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's their decision. And yeah. I'm, I'm happy to facilitate that. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's always, always nice to have somebody like service minded that's really there to answer your questions and help and yeah. not just be a warm body standing next to you that's saying nothing. Because I've had, you know, the, definitely the experiences with, right. with bad servers, bad real estate agents, bad car salesmen, you know, that whether either... Saying too much that yeah. is just trying to force you into a decision, or basically saying nothing because they don't—they're not—you know—they don't know a lot. You know, sure. if they're new to the business, a lot of times, you know, you just have somebody that can't really answer your questions, right. and, or they don't want to. Like in car sales, a lot of times you're trained to not answer questions because it's—you know—giving up money basically by answering too many questions. So, it, the, in what way? Uh, what? Like basically, if on the lot, you know, mm-hmm. just generic sales training. If they, you know, if you go out of town to a sales seminar, the, 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 by the book sales training is to acknowledge and ignore and move on. If somebody asks you a question. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that really is like, oh, that's a great question. Wow. Well, look at this. Yeah. yeah great so yeah, yeah, if you do that, on. I mean, and the goal that's is awesome. to not talk about price at all. Yeah. Avoid talking about their trade in, you know, right. so you might have places, you know, that you, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get them to tell you what your trade's worth. Even though they already looked at it six hours ago, they still haven't told you what it's worth. You know, things sure. like that is just yeah. like not the way I do business. And that's why I've done well with the Tarvers like them letting me be straightforward with the customers because right. basically getting all the information on the table and letting somebody make an educated decision is how I like to sell cars. Sure. Not withhold information, withhold information, withhold information, pressure, 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 emotional decision. Dude, the second like, <laughs> something turns into a high pressure sales situation, I, my, I'm going out. Oh like, yeah. I'm shut done. Down. So dude, I've been, the worst one I've ever been in was a timeshare thing. Have you ever, have you ever dealt with timeshare people? Uh, I actually have sat down with them oh before. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> dude, I just, <laughs> I just wanted, I just wanted the free dinner I to coupon. Get out there. Yeah, I, I just wanted, wanted a free breakfast. I wanted Throw the on. free stuff. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I want, yeah, the hundred dollar MasterCard. That's yeah, what dude, I was there for. There yeah. were three, th- and yeah, and there was a couple of things that we wanted to go for like discounts and stuff. And we got all of that and it was awesome. But like, they wouldn't let us leave. They yeah, got I really, was, and I and that was one of the things where I was like, oh, I do not ever want to be that. You I know? was very, very close to to, to actually like you know falling for it you know i was just like, i did too i actually, I actually said yes up until when it got to like the financing actually signing the papers yeah and then i was like oh, what am i doing yeah. I, I need to get out of here yeah <laughs> it was it was expensive and i, I was like yeah. almost talked into it but i mean it's just yeah they said it was you, way more than they had said originally a, when you get sat into a cubicle and talked at and just shown things and talked to and talked to yeah, and talked to they can to. make it sound so good yeah i mean it's just and that's the that's the way that and a we could too. We car, could, yeah, any people, of us could do that. Some people believe not car a, sales should still be done that way because sure. some people are still susceptible to that. But I mean, that you're going to really turn people off cliche. and nobody's going to go tell their friends, man, you know what? I just got pressured so hard and it was awesome. Yeah. You should go see this guy. <laughs> like that's, that's not the way to build up a business. I was so, so uncomfortable. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so. So what is your normal month like now? I mean, you jumped out of the gate. You were killing it automatically. Like, are you, yeah. did you carry that on or, or like, is it growing? Or So I've actually uh, made more every single year. Wonderful. Year over year, I've never had a, a dip. And yeah. uh, I, 
my I've never sold less than 200 cars in a year. So I mean, I've had a wow. uh, pretty consistent success since mm-hmm. I started. Uh, 2013 is when I started at Toyota. That's awesome. And uh, so after a while, they were like, "Hey, do you want an assistant? We'll pay somebody to come work to help you because you're so busy all the time." And I was like. How about my wife? So I brought my wife in in 2016. Nice. How's that been working with your wife? Yeah, it's good. She's been uh, helping me for, I guess, October of 16. So, you know, this year will make three years. She's been employed by Toyota as well. And before that, she was a teacher. She has a better degree than I do. But uh, she was a stay-at-home mom for a couple years. Then she started helping me for a little while, just really part-time, one Mm -hmm. or two days a week. And uh, now the girls are in daycare. She's working more. And, uh, I mean, it's cool. Customers like it. I mean, we we both can help facilitate the process. Sometimes I'll have two customers at once. I'll do all the explaining and then she can sit down and do credit app and stuff like that. That doesn't involve a lot of question answering. That's awesome. So, uh, it's cool. And yeah. I mean, and, and some not everybody people, could work with their wife, I think all the yeah, time. I mean, I think that definitely, uh, depends on yeah, how, uh, that relationship. How good of relationship. My mom and dad worked together for, it'll tell you a good story. My mom, my dad was, had a safari realty, right? Yeah. And so my mom came in to work for him had geared up, you know, it was going to be great. And I think she got fired halfway through the first day. I will ha- we might have to verify this. <laughs> but she she was call, told to call leave Steve and, right now and ask him. I need no. to, yeah, you know what? I'm going to bring Steve on and tell yeah. the story better. But uh, nah. she got fired early on and never came back. Oh, my gosh. I haven't ever... Uh... <laughs> Had to fire my wife. She's she's pretty helpful. So thank Sometimes, goodness. Yeah. You know, if I give her a little too much, uh, see, I would I would work with my wife, and I would be lucky to have her to be honest with you. But I would end up working for my wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? She yeah, would be the boss. That's that's the only. You know, and that's already with... like that at the at the house. So I'm just gonna like. It's yeah. nice to step out and be the boss outside of that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what's good about our business is that though though me and my wife work together, right. we split basically Martindale Media Group down the middle. Yeah. She does all the photo and video i don't even touch the cameras because i'm stay so in your bad lane. i stay in my lane i That's do all right. the the audio production <laughs> and the design stuff and then we just that way we're never in each other's we're working in the same business yeah. but we're never in each other's you know space That's yeah. what, we're in the same industry lot, we're industry adjacent but we're you know yeah a lot of times we're doing different things and uh she just doesn't know where i am because i'm constantly running back and forth our, from front to back yeah. our, our property's pretty big so i'm always you know it's popping. Huge. From something in service to something in detail to something in an accessory department, and you know, just right. like ha- you know, micromanaging things. And so she's like, yeah. uh, "Where are you? I haven't seen you in thirty minutes." But uh, that's nice. You know, a lot of times she'll try to tell me things <laughs> to do, and I'll cars. try to tell th- her things to do. And you know, it's just a matter of that, that's the only thing that you're balancing is basically trying not to uh, boss each other around too right. much because that's a good idea. We're both uh, strong-willed people. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, so you're a family man. Uh, how old are your kids? Uh, they are one, three, and ten. One, three, and ten. That's a good spread. Ah, that is a good spread. Yep. Yeah, so they're all about to change. Their birthdays are March, April, May. So you got to keep up with that. They're about to be two, four, and eleven. <laughs> nice. Uh, very soon. That's so awesome. Man. Sage is at T.S. Cooley. He's uh in the Mardi Gras float today. Like at at, at school, yeah. they're, they're wagons. They're not actually riding on anything. They walk with their float and uh, throw candy off of it. Dude, but. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's it's been a good school. He's finishing. Uh, he's in fifth grade. So, um, are you from this area too? I'm from Sulphur. You are from yeah. Sulphur. Oh, okay, right on. So, Born and raised. No, we were uh, in the Air Force too. So I, oh, I lived in okay. Colorado, Arizona, California, then came back here in sixth grade. That's awesome, so, man. Most uh, of my people from you know sixth through high school. You know, I went to school all that time with the same people. So right. I, uh, I would. That's mostly raised and yeah I was, that's I was it. born that's at memorial you know, so i mean i'm from here we just yeah, moved yeah. and came back that's awesome and your wife is uh 
yep. a swallow who's yep. you know is old Lake yep. Charles family. Born, yeah, she Wonderful was born, people. born in Lake Charles, yep. raised in Moss Bluff, went uh, through Hamilton and Sam Houston. Yeah. Um, so, dude, okay, um, can I ask for a little advice, like sales advice? What sets you apart? What what um, what's some advice maybe that you would have for somebody just getting into sales? I mean, I think the biggest thing. Uh, for me, it was kind of always being the anti-salesman. Uh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit. There was kind of a different philosophy early on that you employed. Yeah, Do you wanna... if if when I got into the business, I was thinking like I've had I've I'd bought a few cars. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, between my between me and my wife, we've uh, probably had twenty vehicles. I've I've traded in too many times. But uh, <laughs> once I got in the business, it just worsened the addiction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is so, it every year now you get you? you no, I mean, we bought or... hers in 2017. We've okay. we've kept, we've kept hers for a while, and uh, I I got one last year, and then I just bought a 2019 Rav4 this year. So you know, nice. Slow, I was going to ask, down. what's RAV4 the car guy club. drive? What's yeah. the car guy's family drive? Like? I mean, the same thing Justin drives. We both yeah. have a, Rav4. Yeah. We yeah, both have a 2019 Rav4. <laughs> he sold crazy. he sold me my 2019. I was about to segue <laughs> into that. I was yeah. like, whoa, you guys should talk at some point. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the the biggest thing for me was just that I've had bad experiences. I've gone sure. to, I've gone to Houston and you know been baited in under false pretenses. And Absolutely, I've, uh, We've all been gone there, to man. the dealerships where they don't want to show me the car that I want to look at because they think I can't afford it, and you know right. make their preconceived notion about you know because I'm wearing a Hollister shirt and cargo shorts that I can't afford to buy a car, but. I was 21, you know, with a 780 credit score, and I could yeah. buy the car. And you know, dude, especially in this area, you'd never know who you're talking to. Right. They could be in overalls and a t-shirt. And yeah, own. that actually happened at Ford. There was a guy who would come in overalls with no t-shirt yeah. and, and pay cash and pay cash for platinum f-150s yeah dude yeah so i mean i'm that, telling you having those experiences made me just want to not give those experiences right. so i was thinking like i'm gonna treat this like waiting tables i'm gonna give them the best experience i can yep this is gonna be a personal experience i don't want i, I refuse to do cookie cutter sure. I, I don't i won't go off of a script I'm not going to tell the customer the same thing, you know, that I told the last customer. It's not scripts dehumanize yeah. a little bit. Right. I, I want to meet people where they are. And so I, I like the scripts in that read them, kind of get the idea. But you know, uh, if you're basing it, if it's too canned, you know, you're going to yeah. lose people. Quickly. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I'm not the uh, ideal employee for employers because right. I won't follow by the book because I'm going to base my decisions on the customer. Sure. And uh, clearly, you know. We're get working for a, a boss that's flexible enough to uh, share that philosophy and know that that, that there is a, a set path with an allowed deviance from the path. You know, basically, like, yeah. as long as you're taking care of the customers, you're not lying, you're not doing anything illegal. You know, it's just not the step-by-step process that, you know, is that's laid out we actually have you know like a book that the tarvers have you know the the best practices basically of you know the, the car sales process but in no way interesting am i forced to follow that process and right. other dealerships have scripts you actually memorize scripts yeah and you go to trainings and there's just all these things they want you to say and you're trying to ask these silly little yes questions to get people in the mood of saying yes and right. I mean, i'm just not trying to employ the the sales trickery psychology things to get people to buy cars. I want them to buy cars because they think it's a good decision for them and their family. And it makes sense. Like that's awesome. That's the way it should be. I feel like just basically being raw and honest and straightforward and helpful. You know, if they're not buying that day, cool. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. And I'll have to make my managers okay with that sometimes, but I'm not going to try to Right. You know, just hold somebody down to make them buy a car when they absolutely come in and say, I am not buying a car today. We're not going to fight over it. You know? Yeah, exactly. So 
And sometimes people come in and say, I'm not buying a car today. And they change their mind because all their questions are answered and all their fears are put to rest in one day. And if it happens, it happens, you know, but I'm not going to, you know, force them into it or make them feel stressed out. And so many people come in and they're just like surprised that the car sales process can be non-stressful basically do you st- i mean like if they don't buy that day do you have some sort of crm or something that where you know yeah, you put I them do, on maybe uh, a drip campaign and you try to touch I do base a really 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 soft follow-up i like that you know phone calls only or? phone calls and text that's and I'm good not man i love those th- I'm organic not gonna, i'm not gonna beat them over the head with it like yes. if somebody comes and we talk about buying a car i'll shoot them a text or call them right. you know, one or two times and that's it i'm not gonna call every single day because that's another car sales training is uh you Follow up with your customers until they buy or die. That's, exactly. <laughs> and that's one of those things. You're basically supposed to, that. you know, just keep calling them until they block your number. And that's not something I'm going to do. You that's know? right. So I, I just feel like if I, th- I try to flip the coin and think of it f- from both sides. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't want that done to me, I don't want my phone blowing up Absolutely. off the hook. Like if I go look at a house and that real estate agent starts calling me every single day. Yeah. I'm going to block their number. I try to have that balance, you know, (laughs) but it's hard because at some point as a real estate agent or as a realtor, we're doing a a home search and there might be a time crunch. And so like, I try to have that balance, but it's weird because if something hits the market now, I kind of have to to let you know about it. it. And if somebody gives me their number with the, Hey, with the intention of, Hey, I'm looking for a 2015 Tacoma four wheel drive, but I have to gauge that sometimes. So there's a balance. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely is using best judgment and not just being a pest. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. I just want to be helpful. That's it. I want people to come in and ask for me because I was helpful because they had a good experience or because a family or friend had a good experience. Not because, I just called and pestered them until they absolutely yeah. couldn't say no another time and because honestly, they were driven crazy. <laughs> even if they won't like articulate it, I feel like they'll appreciate it and perhaps have a greater tendency to refer. Yeah, you know, without me having to ask. Some, if you don't follow up at all, you then do they feel follow like, absolutely. Yeah, then they're yeah. like, "Oh, uh, this person doesn't even want to sell me a car because he didn't call you me." You walk a that line time. between not caring and then being over. So yeah, I have really, really ugly iPad notes mm-hmm. where I scribble down with an Apple pencil, and yeah. uh, I'll take screenshots of pages like where I've scribbled some notes throughout the day or whatever. And I mean, right. I just keep my whole month thrown together on one page and I'll transfer what I need to to the next month when the new month starts. But mostly I'm going through the people I've talked to, the little situations I'm in is even if it's just schedule a service appointment, you yeah. know, I'm having to just log that down because I'll forget because I'm talking to so many people every day. So, I mean, I just have to have my rudimentary notes thrown together. If somebody else looked at them. They're probably thinking it's not even English because my handwriting is so bad. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'll have it to show you my, I have I, the exact yeah, same thing in my I phone. Have, I have to stay <laughs> focused. Yeah. And it goes between my iPad and my phone. Yep. So, I mean, I can use my iPad for CRM cause it's through the secure Wi-Fi network. Right. I can't do that from outside of work, but, uh, we have a great CRM with Coldwell yeah. Banker. It's free. Then we don't even have to pay for it. And it's, uh, like it's called Zap, dude, and it's it's awesome. I just got to get, I have to get good about putting my contacts in. That's yeah, the well, thing. we have to load them in ah. when they're going to finance. So nice, they're I need automatically. To make myself. Yeah, they're yeah. automatically in the CRM once we sell them. Yeah. But before that time, I'm bad at putting them in. And if, <laughs> if they were to come in and forget my name and they wouldn't be in the system. I would lose that sale exactly. because of it, but yeah. it happens so infrequently that it hasn't forced my hand into doing it. <laughs> Luckily, much to the bane of uh, you know my my coworkers. I'm sure mostly. they'd be okay with it. Like you don't have to put them all in. Mostly dude. the okay. managers, just because it, you know for them they want to know. Oh, uh, okay, I gotcha. I guess to kind of gauge what's happening around them, they can see. Right. Oh, well, Corey talked to these six people that haven't bought yet, so that just you know lets us know that, that there's things happening. So yeah. 
because if, if nothing's logged and they think nothing's happening, you know, at the dealership that day, if we had a slow day of sales, but, and nothing was put in the CRM too, then it just really looks like a real bad day. But don't do that. Yeah, lots of CRM activity, but nothing on, you know, nothing on the board. At least you can think, well, we're working up something. to it, you know, yeah. <laughs> busy in the next few days. Well, dude, we're going to be looking for a third row SUV at some point in the near future. So we're going to be hitting... Is, what? This, is the 2019 RAV4 third row? Hitting up. No. <laughs> no. The, it's either Highlander, Forerunner, Sequoia. Ooh. We have we all hit, three of those. That's but what I, I was going to say. We're hitting you up for a, I don't know, what What are the third row so options? The Forerunner is my favorite. Forerunner is Dude, I love a so Forerunner. So Forerunner's body on frame like a truck. Yeah. Not the best family vehicle. Okay. Really space-wise, the, the floor is They're high. so pretty, though. They're I a little more crammed. The Highlander's way better gas mileage loaded okay. with features, more space. I mean, that's what we have for three kids. And really, really the See, Highlander so is it for looks, our listeners. This is a, called a sales tactic, <laughs> and, and Josh is going to buy a new vehicle on the air. Basically, yeah. let's all listen together. The Highlander is basically a step down from a minivan. Yeah. It looks like an SUV, but it has sunshades and more space, and Ooh. it's got blind spot monitors and safety features and so, stuff so, like that. So, so I want to go on road trips, though. That's the thing. We, so as we can hear, the salesman is looking at his cry <laughs> and he's about to pounce on it. Are you salivating? Is that what's? It's, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Corey. What if you can, if you can share? Because this is my favorite question to ask of any person who comes on Josh's podcast. What is if you can think of your craziest story from your experience Ooh. as a salesperson? And if you could share it, I'd like to hear it. Hmm. I gotta think. That's Josh. Uh, what's your craziest story? What's one that you oh can share? God, I, know, I know you've got some that yeah. you told me before, but what's one that you could share on the on the shareable favorite stories? Um. Honestly, I always go back to the one where I learned how to announce myself at showings. Uh, knock, knock. Hey, realtor. Real loud. Uh, maybe multiple <laughs> times. Because you never know what you're going to walk into or oh, see or and never unsee mm-hmm. type of stuff. <laughs> and my, so, my favorite job that I ever yeah. had was as a cable man. We talked about this before mm. on the podcast. I have seen unseeable things. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, and the the worst part was like he didn't care. He was just like, so I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, and he's like, nah, it's cool. <laughs> like, no, 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 sir, it's not, it's, it's not, not cool. cool. I need you to know. It's important to me that you understand. <laughs> you that it need is not to know, cool. sir. But uh, we uh, gave him some time. Robe it on up. I would say personally, the craziest <laughs> thing I've seen is just like just the stuff that some people keep in their cars. I I, I took in a Tacoma one time, and I mean, there was only space for the driver to sit. Yes. Like, the whole passenger seat and floorboard and across the dashboard and the back seat was completely packed what? full of just garbage stuff. And they actually, I think, might have done like newspaper route. So there were just uh, lots of extra newspapers everywhere. Car but order. also just trash and french fries and like, like garbage. Just, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> newspapers supplemented to okay. make sure it was Do completely not look full. In my car right now. But it was just, <laughs> okay. yeah, it was just like, oh my gosh, there is literally only space for a driver. Yeah. Okay. All right. I worked at Tarver Ford. Right. Uh, I worked in the service department. For, okay. I, I worked on and off and with business, it's getting a business started. Sometimes it's slow to get things going sure. and you have these doldrums where I can. Uh, I'm related to Philip Tarver via my wife, and I can always call him. Be like, can I, I forgot go? about that. I can always say, "Can I go work in the service department?" Because I have experience, and he would always let me go pick up time at the service department and make money. Anyway, so this guy drops off his car for just general service, oil change, tire rotation. You get in, and it's just like that. It is garbage piled up eye level all around the driver's seat. And I'm in the car, and I'm like trying to sit as small as I can and not touch anything. And I, I roll up onto the rack and put the car in park, turn it off, and you can just hear, 
like in, <laughs> into the car. I'm like, there is an there is an animal in the car. There's a rat. It's a mouse. It's a possum. It's another person. I don't even know. But you can just hear it go like, in, like oh, I gotta get out of here, and just like immediately evacuate. And uh, we uh, we did take in a car like that that had to be towed in, and. Uh, it was a completely in rat infested. Oh. Like, uh, there was holes chewed through the side panels, like so they were all in and about you know through the trunk area. Yeah. There was water bottles. They had chewed every single one of them open and drank the water out of it. So like a twenty four pack of water. Genius. But the rats had chewed through and drank the water out of yeah. it. So I'm just like, oh my gosh! And then we rats just are disgusting. Completely filled with turds from us. We sold this <laughs> to uh, the, the Lake Area Adventures for um, like zombie apocalypse. They had like their paintball thing. So oh, perfect. That ended up being yeah. a car that just got put out in the field and shot paintballs That's at. That's exactly so, uh, what that was good it for. Was, it was very well suited for that job. <laughs> uh, the craziest story that wasn't me yeah. was uh, I've never had a customer in a wreck and people always ask. You know, I get teenagers that come drive sports cars in the rain and mm-hmm. you know, I just think, okay, cool. God's in control. We're not going to die. Jesus, uh, take the wheel. So, Lord, help us. Uh, I've never been in a wreck, but uh, like one time before I worked there, uh, one of the salespeople was on a test drive with a young girl and <laughs> she was just messing with the radio, I guess, on the test drive, looking to see what the car has, looks up. Oh, the, here we are at the end of the street. She cuts it and they flipped a Corolla oh. into a ditch and they both had to just crawl out what? of the back windshield that was shattered because they flipped oh a Corolla. And <laughs> that I'm like, happened here in Lake Charles? Yeah. At, what? Right That's by, awesome. Right by uh, Home Depot, like on that little T right there. Oh my God, what a small world. That was, uh, yeah, my internet manager now, Clay, he still works there, but he was selling cars back in like 2012 when that happened. And uh, I'm glad that wasn't me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Golly, wow. that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's happened another time too, right? That some, somebody flipped into the ditch upside down. That's what they did. I mean, that's... God, they, they flipped in the ditch upside down And you had by to Home kick Depot. out the back to... Well, I think it was already shattered on its own, but they had... Yeah. yeah they, he said that they crawled out the back window. Yeah. It was upside down. They had to just drop out of their seatbelts and crawl on the roof and crawl. Oh. Out of the car. Did you were... know who this person was, or well, is that I, what you were? I, 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 I know someone. You. I know okay. someone who's done the same thing. I won't say oh, their name. Okay, but, yeah. right on. I, I was trying to figure out what was going on. I thought that's why I said, "Oh, what a small world." Because I thought you might know the person. But anyway, okay. He cool, might know cool. the person that was driving. I only know the person that was the salesperson. Oh, okay. <laughs> poor, I think it's I yeah. think it's passenger. Nah, yeah, yeah. No, that's Clay was the salesperson. I don't, whoever was driving. Just okay, totally, it's the uh, same story then. Yeah, yeah but totally. And I'm like, that's like the lowest center of gravity car ever. How's that possible? Yeah just hit the ditch and then the just the perfect yeah. way yeah you couldn't do that again if when you're i was working in the service department uh we had a uh the used car manager his daughter hit a curb and he was like hey you know he called me on the side he's like hey if you want to make some side money i just need you to change the tire uh for because she hit the curb and they drive it in and the tire is rubbing on the inside of the wheel well and I opened the hood. She hit the curb so hard, she shoved the entire strut through the hood oh, in, my in, into the engine compartment. I was like, yeah, man, this is not going to buff That's out. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty I, impressive. I remember him just coming in like all hips. He's just like, hmm. <laughs> well, I guess I got to buy her a new car, huh? I was like, you're an insane person. Definitely. It, yeah. that, no, I was like, y'all are, no, buy her a bicycle. Yeah. Like, it's funny the stuff that teenagers will tell their parents because I had a kid in yeah. a... Toyota 86, which yeah. is a drift car, and uh, he tells his dad he's turning into the curb of their house and tells yeah. him he hit the curb pulling into the driveway, and that's how his wheel got broken. Oh. Well, when we take it apart, the wheel and the control arm and like the 
whatever else is connected to that. Yeah. <laughs> like everything was broken. Like the wheel was <laughs> like cracked. The tire was blown out and the, t- the, the steering wheel did not move that wheel. Oh it was God. completely detached Ugh. from like the steering rack. <laughs> what and, did you uh, do? Yeah. He, he's coming in here telling us, man, my du- my son somehow happened. did $6,000 of damage from hitting the curb. This car is poorly made. And uh, one of my other, Sir. one of his, the kid's <laughs> friends comes in and was like, oh yeah, I mean, he told me he was drifting at 60, 70 miles an hour and, you know, yeah. slid into a, Let's just be uh, slid into a curb. And I'm like, oh yeah, his dad thinks he was pulling into the driveway. Oh happened. my God. So, I was 18 nice. years old. I had a GMC Jimmy and we would wait, you know, uh, if you're not from Lake Charles enterprise, right. has a huge railroad hump. We backed it up until the lights turned green and I hit 60 miles an hour <laughs> and hit that hit that thing and we all four tires got air. We were momentarily airbound. <laughs> it was the craziest, stupidest, awesomest thing I've ever done. And then I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe we lived through that. It was amazing. And then we turned around and did it again. Did the gym, the, <laughs> it was awesome. And the Jimmy survived? The Jimmy totally survived. Oh there was my nothing. I mean, that's it, awesome. Nothing wrong with it as far I, as I know. I went, I went to school at Hamilton, which is right there, kind of by Enterprise. Yep, I went to and, Hamilton uh, too. Whenever it would rain, it just turns into a. A lake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, for well sure. if you're not from Lake Charles, there's a street called Bank Street, and Bank Street literally banks down probably, what, 10 feet down yeah, to a, a canal or whatever? Yeah. And it turns into a bowl, basically. Yeah. And, and water just rises to street level. And I watched a guy in a Dodge Charger. He must not have been from here. Never <laughs> never saw it coming. He just, I mean, going Skidoosh. 40 miles an hour and just goes, and, just, <laughs> and I just watched them all climb out, like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> Man, a Jeep floated away at that intersection. Somebody in a Wrangler thought, I, I can, can make do this because I'm in a Wrangler. Yeah. And they f- their Jeep floated into the ditch. Oh yeah. Because gosh. that was how deep the water was. Yeah. So, yeah, that is not an intersection to play with. No. <laughs> no. Be careful. And <laughs> I, it looks gray. Like, it's sometimes really hard to tell, you know? Yeah. Right by Daryl's is really bad about that, man. Like, there's a spot where. It's a oh, it's kind yeah. of a long spot, but mm-hmm. it's it gets really deep really quick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just looks like done road. a lot better, I think, especially in the Ryan Street area. Like because I live they right off on Sale drainage. Street, the drainage in the last two years has been a lot better. I like, think the mayor got behind it and said, "Let's get something done." Yeah. Man, Nick's doing great. Yeah, I used it, to, I used to float my Volkswagen down Enterprise Boulevard when it would rain. <laughs> I had a Volkswagen Beetle, a new Beetle, and it was a diesel. Yeah, so I could it would float very easy, and if you just didn't let off the gas, the the exhaust pipe boop, would literally boop, just go, boop, 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 and you just. <laughs> Float, and I just wait till you caught ground and you just drive off and, and all my <laughs> friends amazing. would be stuck at school and I'd be heading home See yeah. we should have a podcast dedicated to old Lake Charles stories man there's like <laughs> literally that's that needs to be an upcoming show um, well guys thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in today we always have a great time here in the studio this is the awesome real estate show podcast my uh, special guest Corey Barron uh, with uh, Lake Charles Toyota. Corey, tell them how to get in touch with you, man. Uh, if y'all want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook. I have Corey Barron and Lake Charles Toyota, or also just my cell phone is 337-794-7644. So, uh, Corey, one last question before we uh, close out the podcast. What is the one misconception or stereotype about car salesmen that a lot of people have that Maybe I, isn't true. I would just Ooh, uh, so that's a good one. I would just say like when I when I first started, my father in law said I, he didn't think I could be a Christian and a car salesman. And I have customers all the time that mm. just come out the gate saying you're a liar because you're a car salesperson. Wow. So I'd say that's the biggest misconception. Like I cannot think of a time I've ever had to lie to sell somebody a car mm-hmm. because that's gonna come back on you. So I mean Absolutely. that's the biggest misconception. If you come into the, it, it's a fair 
misconception, I think, because people have had so many bad experiences with car salesmen. But to come out the gates thinking every single car salesman is a liar yeah. is just, I mean, that'd be the same thing as thinking every real estate agent's out to get you. We're, we're salespeople, too. You know, like... This is how we feed our families. I think to say that we're not at the expense of our reputations is is definitely the biggest misconception. Well, and in in 2019, if you can fall for a lie, it's kind of on you. We we, we live in an age of like every piece of information you could want is on is there. There's a wealth Mm -hmm. of information. So Toyota customers, thankfully, are very educated buyers, and most of them are referred to me. So I don't deal with that too much. But uh, every now and then, you know, I still get the customer that comes comes at me strong saying you know well i don't care what you say because you're lying to me <laughs> and uh you know it, it just it's fun and gratifying to win him over after yeah, that though you know, isn't it like, i have man, one uh, that i sold in 2014 my yeah. first year and he just came into service yesterday and wanted to meet my wife and tell her how you know how great of it you know he's like man that's awesome back in 2014 we bought our forerunner it was the best experience it's the only time in my life i've ever had a good experience buying a car and nice. he was so mean at the beginning but <laughs> turned into a you know a raving fan we're gonna so. be friends at the end of this that's it <laughs> dude i always feel that way i'm like yeah but i'm gonna win you over that's right. all right guys thanks again so much for tuning in today if you enjoyed what you've heard please like it share it with your friends and have an amazing day house 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 house